Moncrief on News Talk. It's pretty much a trope of Irish life that inevitably one person will say to another, have you ever read Ulysses? And the answer invariably is, I tried, but I gave up. However, James Joyce has a place in the popular culture of Ireland. He set up Ireland's first cinema, which opened its doors today. Dr Patrick McGarty is Senior Lecturer in Public Policy at Munster Technological University. Good afternoon, Patrick. Good afternoon, Sean, to you and your listeners. Uh, Now, uh, you don't really associate uh, James Joyce with the cinema. Was he a cinema buff? Um, I doubt it very much, Sean. Uh, His association with the cinema was um, linked to his um, financial situation at that time, very, very early in his career. So I wouldn't necessarily say he was a cinema buff as such. Yes. So he was, and at the time he was, he, he was living in Trieste and as I suppose was the case for much of his life, he, he was absolutely broke. So what put the idea in his head? It was a remark by his sister, Eva, um, who came to Trieste with him. Um, and uh, she noticed when she was in Trieste, uh, she just remarked there was something like 21 cinemas in Trieste and there was none uh, at all in Dublin, dedicated cinemas. And um, out of that remark, um, he got an idea. And uh, essentially, he went along through a lawyer friend. He approached uh, a number of um, Italian businessmen um, who were involved uh, in the cinema business across um, Hungary uh, and Italy. Uh, Trieste at the time was part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Um, and they had a chain of cinemas um, across, uh, as I say, across Italy and Hungary. Mm, all right. And so, and the plan, as he put it to them, it was quite ambitious. It wasn't just Dublin he was looking at. No, it wasn't. It was Belfast and, and Cork, obviously, because there were huge centres of population as well. And um, his pitch was very, very successful. Um, so the Italian businessmen uh, w- w- uh, supplied him with the funds and uh, he headed back to Ireland. Um, now, Belfast and Cork did not materialise, but Dublin did. Mm. So he acquired the premises there in, in, in Mary Street, where um, down at the end of Mary Street, where the, the big Primark store is now, that uh, what, what was uh, the old penny store. That's, right. That, that was the location. Okay. And, and what year now are we talking? Is it, was it 1909 or 1910? <laughs> 1909, late yeah. 1909, uh, he arrived back in early October. The cinema opened up in December the 20th, uh, a pre-Christmas opening. Oh, so the lead-in was very, very quick. <laughs> yes, no indeed. Now, in, 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 in terms of the Belfast and Cork parts of the project, wh- what was the problem there that he couldn't set it up? Uh, I'd say time was the major issue there more than mm. anything else because again he arrived back in October and the plan was um, uh, essentially to have uh, a cinema or cinemas up and running before Christmas um, ah, yeah. now his father had core connections as well but again possibly no buildings but I suspect myself it was time more than mm. anything else uh, And so this building that he found in, in Mary Street what had it been used for previously? 
it was a hardware stroke ironmonger store. That that's what it was. So there was a very very quick fit out over a couple of months. The Italian businessmen came over just to see, I suppose, that the money was being well spent to oversee the project. Um, the cinema was named Volta after an Italian uh, inventor. And one of the partners, Francesco Novak, Francesco stayed um, with Joyce and oversaw the, uh, the opening uh, mm. of the cinema. And when we say fit out, uh, uh, you know, are, are we looking at a luxurious tiered seating? Far from it, unfortunately, and that was some of the problem. Um, um, it was it was basically um, again uh, the capacity. In fact, was you could get four hundred and twenty people into the auditorium. There's mm. no doubt about that. But calling it an auditorium, I don't know, um, was probably a little bit um, ambitious. Um, kitchen chairs were the first uh, twenty rows, and they were for people who would pay uh, six six old pence in. Um, that was the top price, and then. And behind them, you had the um, the cheap seats. Uh, you had uh, uh, fourpence and twopence, and that was it, really. Mm. All obviously on the flat. Um, a very, very modest affair, no doubt. Yeah, and, and so in 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 advance of this, though, in advance of the uh, of the opening in Dublin, was it seen to be a big deal? Uh, in oh, the city? Absolutely, huge deal, novelty. Um, no other full time dedicated cinema in the city before that. So. Um, Obviously, on the opening night, um, crowds flocked uh, to the cinema so much so that the police, the old Royal Irish Constabulary, um, had to um, arrive and um, and keep an eye as far as crowds were concerned as well. Yeah, so, and, yeah, and so and it seems like things went okay for the first couple of weeks, maybe, but perhaps the content was was letting them down. That was it. Uh, first couple of weeks went well. Um, but unfortunately, the content, all the films were um, um, of Italian and European origin. Um, so they arrived in and uh, again, they were all silent, silent movies. And uh, there were subtitles in these silent movies, but the subtitles were all in uh, Italian or other European languages. So what they had to do was they had to actually... Um, circulating sheet or translation sheet um, to all the audience and that was it. So again it wasn't exactly um, you know a satisfactory arrangement so the novelty wore off very very quickly um, um, and by that stage uh, Joyce had uh, upped sticks and he <laughs> had returned to uh, Trieste at that stage. Yeah and this is like after a fortnight Absolutely. So he was a very impatient man. And he and, and who was running the cinema then after that? It was Francesco Novak, the um, Italian partner, uh, ran it. And but unfortunately, poor old Francesco, he didn't know the city well, and his English wasn't the best either. So um, plus, a, again, the shows kept um, coming from from uh, from the European uh, the European mainland, and that was it. Yeah. Um, nearby um, in early um, 1910, um, uh, other cinemas opened in O'Connell Street, um, more luxurious. Um, and all showing American silent movies in English. So, um, the right, unfortunately, the writing was on the wall for the Volta. Yeah. Uh, is it known whether Joyce actually made any money on this? None whatsoever. That's why he went back to Trieste. <laughs> that was it. I suppose the lesson in that is, uh, uh, well, it's too late now, but never employ James Joyce to run a business for you, uh, I would have thought. It sounds more like it was desperation. 
Uh, rather yeah, than he, he was, yeah. He was certainly a, a better writer than he was a cinema magnet. Uh, fascinating story nonetheless. Patrick, thanks very much for uh, speaking with us today. That was Dr. Patrick McGarty. He's a senior lecturer in public policy at Munster Technological University. He's also the author of Leitrim, The Irish Revolution, 1912 to 1923. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.